Bible reading this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 24. Um, In my pew Bible, this is found on page 1228. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for the saints. Pray also for me, that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage you. Peace to the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. This is the word of the Lord. <coughs> Thank you, uh, Stephanie, for reading God's word to us this morning. Let's, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. Strengthen us, Lord, I pray for your spirit to work through me, that I will humble myself before you and your people. And that you would speak to us, Lord, in your word. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, friends, let me begin uh, with this question today. What are we to pray for? What are we to pray for? What kind of prayer points would you and I come up with if you were given a list this morning? Perhaps you might say, well, we would pray for our family. Of course we would. For those who are facing exams this coming week, it's a challenging week, right? And you'll be praying for your exams, we'll be praying for your parents. They might be stressed out more than the students often. We know the experience, we've been there. Uh, perhaps you're praying for good health. Very important as well, we're praying for the church, uh, or perhaps for those who are grieving. And the list is endless. Well, what is prayer? What is prayer? Here's what prayer is. Prayer is conversing or communicating with God. That's what it is. Joseph Scriven, the, the, the writer who put that hymn together. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. You know that one well, right? What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, we need, all we need to do is to take everything to our Lord in prayer. 
It's a great team. You see, prayer is communicating with God. That's what it is. It, it, this includes speaking out loud and talking to God. This also includes moments of silent prayer. And sometimes it includes tears. Tears and tears that pours down our hearts and lives. And through our eyes we bawl out before God. Yesterday when I received the call about Tim. All I could do was go into my office and just cry out before God. And many of you have done that. Because our God, our God understands the deep things in our lives. Prayer is a privilege. The Bible calls us to pray. The Bible tells us that God hears the prayers of his people. And so this morning as we look at Ephesians chapter 6, 18 to 24, the Apostle Paul speaks of prayer. And as I said, I've titled the message, What Are We to Pray For? And in this passage, friends, we are called, I think, to pray for everything. Sure, there are some specifics mentioned here. But prayer is for all things, for all times, and for everything. And so as we look at this Bible passage, I hope that it will encourage us to pray more frequently, freely, and naturally. And so today we conclude our study in the book of Ephesians. And some of you might say, well, wow, it's finished. Or maybe you're saying, wow, boy, we've learned so much from the Bible in this book. We've learned so many deep and wonderful truths. We have gone through this book for many months. And for those who are visiting here with us, well, we are at the final section of Ephesians today and we will close our study in this book. And I trust and I hope that you've been encouraged and blessed as we systematically studied this book. And so in the past two weeks, we worked our way through Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 17, where we looked at the topic of spiritual warfare and God's armor. If you keep your Bibles open to Ephesians 6, you will see that. The church in Paul's day was under intense attack by Satan. And this intense attack came through the institutions of the time. The Roman government, the Jewish leaders. And today we live in a post-Christian era. And the church is still facing spiritual attacks from the cosmic forces of darkness. Led by Satan and his forces. And as Christians, we face the attacks of the enemy. His attack is, is, is onslaught, at times is relentless. Just this past few weeks, when John and myself have met, we have spoken about this. We have had issues come like from all angles. And we stand and say, wow, what is going on here? And we have met for prayer earnestly. Because we want to see our God do a great work. Because we go in the name of Jesus. And we minister in the name of Jesus. The name that is above every other name. And so the Bible gives us tools, so to speak, to combat Satan and the cosmic powers of darkness. And we noted two strategies in Ephesians chapter 6, 
10 to 17 to combat these, these cosmic powers. Paul says, be equipped by putting on God's armor. We have to put on the full armor of God 24-7. And the second thing he says is, to be strong in ourselves. No. In the mighty power of the Lord. We stand strong in the might of Christ. Not by ourselves. And so if we are going to try, dear friends, to, to go to war with Satan in our own strength, in our own wisdom and power, we will be defeated. We can't live the Christian life on our own. We are saved by Christ and we live by Christ. We are saved by grace and we live by grace. We are saved by faith in Christ and we live by faith in Christ. And therefore, without the protection of Jesus, we have no hope, I believe, of withstanding the evil cosmic forces in this world. Having said that, let me say this as well, that Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection has defeated Satan. Though Satan is a wounded foe, he is still active and his ultimate defeat will take place when Christ returns. And so the Bible tells us, as I mentioned last week, my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hands. What a secure statement that is. Do you believe that this morning? That no one is able to snatch you out of God's amazing, powerful hands. You know, yesterday I was thinking about this in the afternoon. And the, the hymn that came to mind was this wonderful hymn. And we don't sing it. We often sing these things at funeral services. Safe in the arms, safe in the arms of Jesus. Safe on his gentle breast. You know that one, right? We are safe in the arms of this Jesus. Always. Because he is with us. You see, the, um, Paul says this, Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And so it is not surprising for us that the Apostle Paul then concludes this section in Ephesians 6 on spiritual warfare by drawing attention to one of the most important aspects of the Christian's life, the church's life, and that is prayer. Paul concludes this letter urging the Ephesians to do one more thing. And that is pray. Pray. You see, this wouldn't have been a surprise for these readers. For in the first part of this letter in Ephesians, he said, I'm constantly praying for you. Just like he wrote to all the other churches. He urges them to pray and so prayer I believe is the fitting and closing uh, theme of this letter. Prayer is not mentioned as part of the Christian's armor, though some people might say that is part of the armor. I don't see it that way. I see that the armor of God is in fact ended in verse 17. Prayer, I believe, is in addition to that, and that is that prayer is to permeate all our spiritual armor. Let me explain it this way. Think about soldiers. If you're a soldier, 
you are in constant communication with your commanding officer. Correct? You are in constant communication with commanding headquarters. When I visit uh, police stations, I hear these signals coming from all over the place when I'm in the station. They are in constant. The guys who are doing the vans on the road, when they stop someone, they are in constant communication with their headquarters. They know what's going on. There's this line of communication. A very important line of communication. So also for the Christian soldier. We are in constant and we ought to be in constant communication with whom? With our great commanding officer. And that is Jesus. That is our God. The Christian who is in the battle line is to be in constant communication with the commanding officer, Jesus Christ, through prayer. This is such a privilege. And so we are to cover, friends. We look at your Bibles. The six items of God's armor given to us to combat the spiritual forces of darkness with prayer. In other words, fasten the belt of truth with prayer. Put on the breastplate of righteousness with prayer. Put on the shoes with the gospel of peace with prayer. Strap the shield of faith with prayer. Put on the helmet of salvation with prayer. Wield the sword of the spirit, the word of God with prayer. A guy by the name of Samuel Chadwick. Maybe some of you have heard of him. Uh, I was a Methodist preacher. He he wrote uh, uh, lots of material. And this is what he says about prayer. You see, Satan dreads nothing but prayer. His one concern is to keep the saints from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks our wisdom. But he trembles when we pray. He trembles when we pray. You see, I think Samuel Chadwick caught the heart of this passage by saying that Satan dreads nothing but prayer. And so this morning, as you look at this passage... We see these three aspects here. The four alls of prayer. The prayer to share the gospel. And the final words that Paul says here, 21 to 23. He says here, firstly, the four alls of the gospel. Have a look at this, at your text. There's a fourfold use of the word all. Pray at all times in the spirit, with all prayer and supplication. Keep alert with all perseverance. Making supplication for all the saints. Did you get that word, all? It's kind of all comprehensive, isn't it? Praying at all times in the spirit. At all times. That is both regularly and constantly. Have you said this, friends? The Jewish people used to pray at certain times of the day. In the book of Acts, when the early church met, they met for the prayers. And this was carried over from Judaism And the set times of the day for prayer was set at the temple. But in Acts we also read that the church met regularly for prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. Because God, we have access to this God 24-7 in prayer. How's that? eh? Now I've got a mobile phone as I'm sure all, I'm sure most of us would have a mobile phone. Some of you may not. But when I go to some areas, my mobile phone doesn't actually lose its connection. That's very frustrating, isn't it? I'm not going to say who my provider is. But anyway, I have this provider and it doesn't sometimes work in some areas. The line just gets cut off. There are no signal bars. 
That's, that's not ideal. But you know something? With God, we don't have those communication problems, do we? There are no lines that are cut off. We can talk to him anytime, anywhere, about all things. And so Paul says here, pray in the Spirit. You see, praying in the Spirit at all times. Now, praying at all times does not mean that we have to stop our work and be praying and doing nothing. So I would say to you, I come on Sunday morning and I say, Brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm sorry there's no sermon this morning. You might say, oh, that's great, Chris. Why? Because I've been praying the whole week, so I have no time to prepare. That's not what the text is actually saying here, is it? No, praying at all times, I think, put it this way, is living our lives in an attitude of prayer. For example, you could be at work, sitting in your, in your office, or at school, or at uni, saying, I can't get up and pray out loud right now in my class, in my office. It's kind of awkward, but I could pray silently. Do you do that? You might pray silently, because this is okay, because God knows my thoughts. So I could pray in my mind. We can weave in prayer throughout the day and stay connected with this God through His Son, Jesus. So that's what I think it, uh, it says here, to be in a spirit of prayer. And our text says to pray in the Spirit. Now, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? How does this take place? Does it mean praying in tongues? Praying in the Spirit is, I don't think, some mystical experience. I think Paul deals with this when he says in Romans 8, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind, what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for saints according to the will of God. You know, friends, are there times in your life that you are so mentally and spiritually fatigued? Times when you just feel so low that you cannot bring yourself to pray. There are times like that. There are moments that we don't know what to pray. Sometimes I stand thinking, what am I to say? You see, the Spirit inspires us. That's what Paul is saying here, isn't it? To pray in the Spirit, Paul says here, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Romans 8. For we do not know what to pray. For as we ought. But the Spirit intercedes. How is that? The Spirit comes in and He takes these words and He gives us words and He helps us in our groanings. That is, we are crying out in our groanings. We don't know what to say. And the Spirit inspires us and gives us the words to be able to cry out to this God. To be able to say, Abba, Father. And the Spirit does that work. And He takes these, these, these frail words, these broken words, this, this, this broken heart, and we cry out to God in our needs and in our desperation, in our times of everything. And the Spirit applies and He gives us the words to cry out to this God. That's what Paul is saying here. Praying in the Spirit. The Spirit intercedes for the saints. I would encourage us to be praying. Because we need to be connected to this God. Knowing that the Holy Spirit intercedes with and for us as we pray should give us the assurance and peace. To pray in the Spirit means that the Spirit helps us to communicate with God. Uh, John Bunyan, so you know, he wrote Pilgrim's Progress. 
And this is what he said about this. You see, prayer is a sincere, sensible, affectionate pouring out of the heart or soul to God through Christ. How? In the strength and assistance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. So when you feel you cannot pray, when you feel you don't know what to say to God, remember that the Holy Spirit helps us in your prayer life, encouraging us to bring these words to God. So let me encourage us to be praying, alright? To be praying for everything. And look, look at as we go on, 18b, with all prayer and supplication. This prayer is for all things and needs. Do we have needs? I'm not talking about wants, needs. We want lots of things. I'm talking about needs. We do. There are complexities in life that is beyond our understanding. There are needs that we have. Personal needs, family needs. Paul is saying here, bring all these supplications. You know, we we read, John read uh, Philippians chapter 4. And I put that text there because Philippians chapter 4 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and Supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now, of course, we get anxious in life. Of course, those things happen. But when those things come upon us, we come to this God. I don't understand, Lord, what is going on. This is beyond me. And I just come and I pour it to you. And give me your peace. The peace that passes understanding. Because I need it. Pray. With all prayer and supplication. Let's keep going on. 18c. To that, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Keep alert. That is, be watchful. Be vigilant. You see, in Luke 18, Jesus told the parable of the, the persistent woman. She kept on going. When he spoke about the prayer of that parable, the parable of prayer, he said, keep on persevering. Persistence. We get the picture, do we? Don't we? That persistent prayer coming to God. You might be praying for somebody to come to faith in Jesus. As I said today, we've been praying for these two people for years. And sometimes I have just given up. I've thought, Lord, this is not working. But God in His grace answers prayer in His own way. You see, we can give thanks to God because He cares. When we got the email from Dawn, answers to your prayers, to our prayers, that the, that the, the reports came clear. We were rejoicing with that. We were celebrating God's grace and goodness to you, Dawn. And God's answer to prayer. And I said to Rose, what a, what a day that must be for Greg as well and for the family. We rejoice. We give thanks to God. We can bring our loved ones to him. Persevering in prayer according to God's ways. And then, D, 18D, making supplication for all the saints. You see, we are to pray for each other, shouldn't we? Well, there is nothing wrong in praying for ourselves. We are also to pray for others as well. I find, I find in, on, on my computer, I have this sticky note. Um, I'm sure you know that thing that you press the button and it comes on. And it's all my prayer points are generally there. And as they keep uh, uh, answered, I just keep erasing them one by one. And put new ones on. And so each time I have my computer system on, occasionally this thing pops up. And I think, okay, I can pray for A, B, C, D. It helps me that way. You might have a different system. I don't know. Some of you are praying through the church directory. 
And that's great. Ask others when you meet someone, what can I pray for you? Uh, is there something I can pray for you this week? Note it down. Some people sometimes come and ask us, John or myself, can we pray for you? What can we pray for you? Note it down. Let's just encourage each other to talk about prayer and to pray for each other. Correct? If you like to share, then talk about it. If you want to pray for the saints, there's the, the prayer chain. Make use of that opportunity. We can send a prayer request through dawn. It will go through very quickly, as much as we possibly can. And people on the prayer chain will pray for that particular situation. So we are to pray for each other. Paul says here, pray uh, for, for, for each other as well. This morning we heard the testimonies of, uh, of our three young people, Jemima, Ben and, and Joy. And we can pray for them. We can pray for their, their growth. Encourage them. And then Paul, move, as we move on, Paul says, a prayer to share the gospel. Their personal request. Look at verses 19 and 20. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Now, why would Paul want prayer? He was the greatest apostle, surely he had it all together, correct? I mean, humanly speaking, we won't have a lot of the New Testament without the apostle Paul, right? He was a great preacher. I mean, he kept preaching and some guy even fell off the, uh, the, 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 the window and he came back to life again. Many fell, people fell asleep when Paul preached. I mean, that's a great... Kind of comfort for preachers like us. <laughs> oh, really? Well, we don't want you to sleep, all right? So, <laughs> the point is, you know, Paul says here, I, I want you to pray for me. Why would Paul want prayer, you see? And yet, Paul wanted and needed the prayers of God's people because the ministry that he was engaged was spiritual. It had eternal consequences. He was entrusted with the care of preaching. He was aware of this. And there is a sense of urgency in this prayer. That God will give him the right words when he opens his mouth. And that God will give him the courage to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Brothers and sisters in Christ. What does Melbourne need to hear today? What does Australia need to hear? Need to hear the gospel. Because it is only Christ who can transform lives, correct? It is Jesus who can transform marriages. It is Jesus who can transform our relationships. It is Jesus who can transform the nation. This might sound simplistic for the world out there, but I'd say on the basis of God's word today, and what we have seen in our society, the fragmenting of the very dynamic of the family unit, where today young people are just floating around without, without purpose, direction, vision, with the social engineering that's going on behind the scenes, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Australia needs to hear the gospel. They need to hear Christ crucified, Christ risen, Christ that changes lives. And Paul says, pray for me that I will have boldness to share this gospel. Pray for me that God will give me words to speak. And I want to encourage us also, not all of us are in, in preaching ministries, but I want to encourage you to do two things. One is, pray for those who preach from this pulpit. For your pastors, we've got other preachers here in this congregation, great guys who bring the word to you. Pray for them. Pray for people like Pete and others in gospel ministry at our campuses, that God will give to them the words to speak. And I want us to pray also for each other that God will give to us the words to speak and to share the gospel boldly. Right? And Paul says, pray. 
that I share the mystery of this gospel. And the mystery of the gospel is Jesus. The apostle Paul puts it this way. I like his definition. He says, the gospel Paul is called to proclaim is not merely good news about God. Rather, the gospel is God's possession. It is his property. In this regard, the original owner and author of the gospel is God himself. Isn't that a wonderful definition? For God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The gospel of Christ is life-giving and it is only through Jesus that we have the forgiveness of our sins, the assurance of eternal life in heaven when we die. It is putting our faith in Christ alone. I was listening recently to a guy, one of the TV presenters, who was knocked <coughs> on his motorcycle. He was riding uh, somewhere here in Melbourne. Uh, both Rose and myself were watching that program. And prior to that, in an interview, he said, life can be changed in a heartbeat. That was before the accident. And after the accident... He really can't speak so well now. And certainly life has changed in a heartbeat for him. And things can happen just like that. Can't it? Just like that. And the gospel of Christ, when we know this Jesus, he gives us eternal life and security. That's what makes the difference. Paul says, pray for me. And then as we keep going on, for I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly. You see, ambassadors normally have diplomatic immunity, don't they? But not Paul the ambassador, he was in chains. But the gospel is not chained. And then we have these final words in 21 to 24. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. Now friends, I won't go too much into Tychicus. Have you come across Tychicus? Why is his name mentioned here? I mean, his name is in the Bible. It is here. He's mentioned in Colossians, he's mentioned in Second Timothy, he's mentioned in Titus. Luke mentions him in Acts chapter 20 in verse 4. But he's mentioned here for the right reasons. Have a note here. Tychicus, verse 21. The dear brother is a brother in Christ. A faithful what do you see there? A faithful servant in the Lord. Two things about this guy. And he will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose. That you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. So Tychicus was a brother. Tychicus was a faithful guy. Tychicus was a servant. What a thing to aspire, isn't it? God said that of us. Faithful, servant, a brother, a sister in Christ. How would people remember you and myself? They may no longer hear. What would they say at our eulogies? Faithful sister, a faithful brother, a faithful servant of Christ. What a testimony. And he gets a mention in the Bible. And so this letter closes with these words. Peace to the brothers. Love with faith. 
God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with a love that is undying. Grace and peace. The gospel is all of grace. The gospel is about God's love. The gospel is about Jesus Christ. And Paul says, let that peace be yours. You, in, you know, in the, in the Old Testament, the word peace is the word shalom. The word shalom means wholesomeness. The New Testament corresponding word is eirene, which means a peace. Corresponds to that word, a sense of wholeness that comes from knowing Jesus. Do you have that peace this morning? Do you want that peace this morning? Is there anyone here today who does not know this God? Well, come to this Jesus. Because you will have his grace, his peace, and his undying love for you. Have you experienced that, friends? And so as we close, today is the day. Don't delay. Come to this Jesus. Repent of your sin and put your faith in Jesus. And so in summary this morning, we have ended our series of study of the book of Ephesians. We've seen today the four alls of prayer. Verse 18, the prayer to share the gospel, 19 to 20, and Paul's final words. In conclusion, I began with the question, what are we to pray for? We can pray for everything and anything. But we are to pray specifically at all times in the spirit. For all supplication. Keep alert with all perseverance. Making supplication for all the saints. Praying for the gospel to be made and shared and proclaimed. To be, to be shared and proclaimed. And we can thank the Lord for his peace. His undying love. His embracing grace. And his marvelous peace to all who come to him in faith. Peace here and peace for eternity. You know, often we see these words, R.I.P., rest in peace. We know what the sentiments express. But you can have that peace here. And we'll have that peace in eternity in heaven. And when Jesus comes and establishes the new heavens and the new earth, that peace will be always ours. And what a blessing. Let's keep praying. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this book of Ephesians. Lord, help us to be a praying people. To come with confidence to our God. We know so much has been written about prayer. Perhaps we read about the prayers of others. Perhaps we read books about prayer. But perhaps the one thing we don't do is maybe we don't pray as we should. Lord, we pray that you would drive us to our knees. For indeed it is a privilege to bring everything to our God in prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen.